I know it's good to, to tell people that you appreciate how they feel up that they're special. And so we can make them into that. Hey, uh, you know, we got this, this, this Dave Carlson guy around here, and he puts all this stuff church in HD and all the things like that. Uh, so today, as you mentioned, you know, we're talking about uh, the body. And so you have it in your hands and so forth. You do know, don't you, that you're a spiritualist. And wonderful man. You're not an accident. You're special. You're created by God in your mother's womb. He knit you together exactly the way he wanted to. You may not be happy with the way he fashioned you, but he is. And the final analysis is not all he can. And the great thing about it is, is he's not finished with you yet. He's working. In your life, from the inside out, the will is to work for his good place, not for your personal happiness. For his place. He made you for his glory, for his honor. And so Now we're talking today about the body. Not just the physical body, the body of Christ. If you're a Christian here today, you are part of the body of Christ. I heard a story about a little Spanish boy who was a Christian. Someone said, well, how did you become a Christian? And he said, well, it's very simple. It's because of the extra sparrow. The guy looked at him and said, extra sparrow, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, I, I read in the Bible where it says that two sparrows are sold for a sin. And five sparrows are sold for two sparrows. Now he says, myself, I trust sparrows. I sell two for one peso. I sell five for Two pesos. You do the math, he says there's, there's one extra one. I, it's because of the extra sparrow that I became a Christian. You know, the extra sparrow is just kind of thrown in. It's, it's nothing special, the extra. It's just kind of, you know, they just toss it in here. Here, take this one. But the Bible says that's not one Sparrow falls to the ground because Jesus doesn't care for If he cares for the extra sparrow, the, the throwing sparrow, well, me, I don't always feel so special. I don't always act so special. But if God cares for the extra sparrow, well, it tells me that I am worth more than any So, I don't know how you look at yourself today. Maybe you feel like an extra sparrow. I do at times. I feel like I should be progressing more in the body of Christ and who I am and so on. But the great thing about the head of the church, Jesus, is that he's very patient with us. And uh, so we can thank him for that. Now, as we talk about the church, I, I, I wasn't here last week. I was in... Uh, I was in uh, Cambodia just a couple of weeks ago, and there's a precious daughter there. I was at Valley last week. Uh, so I don't know what he explained.
regarding the body. But the body, all of the different things that we have that goes on, they all fit together and they all have a purpose. So maybe Dave explained to you the purpose of the church. If he did, great. If he didn't get into the detail, let me just remind you of a couple of things. I've always been struck by this verse here from from the book of, of Acts. You know, talk about this guy David, this, this king. This king who had feet of clay like you and me. He stumbled from time to time. But this is how uh, Luke, Dr. Luke, the, the writer of the book of Acts, talks about his life. He says, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now, you're going to fall asleep too. I mean, fall asleep means it's, it's a nice way to put the deep guy. You know, he's history. In Zimbabwe, they say, uh, he's late. I mean, the first word that somebody, I, I, I couldn't believe. They don't say he's dead. They just say he's late. So I, I, I asked somebody one time, about his grand, how's your grandfather? And he's late. So I said, well, when are you going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, late. He's really late. <laughs> he's not going to be here. He's dead. He's just, well, you're going to die. You're going to fall asleep. So the question comes at the end of your life is, man, wouldn't that be a great thing to, to have on your tombstone? Glad after he served the purpose of God in the 20th and 21st century, fell asleep. He's late. <laughs> yeah. Now that was David. That was before the church age. Before Jesus died. Now, when we come to the New Testament, it's about the church. It's not about Israel. It's not the main focal point. It's about Jesus Christ, the head of the body, the church. And so it's about us together. And the best place, one of the best places to find that is in the book of Ephesians. And so this is what the Paul says in the book of Ephesians regarding the whole <coughs> of the purpose of the church. See, when we talk about the church as a bride or the body or whatever else it might be, it's nice to know what is the purpose of the church. What is our purpose together? Now, read this with me together, with Though Paul, now this is Paul speaking, he says, though, read it, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures Uh, 
believers in the Amazon, Brazil, about the African plain, about the Asian believers. See, what God is doing in the world today through his body is to take people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation and put them together, he being the head, we being the church, the very body of Christ. So I want to talk to you about that today. Now they set this up last week, and as we go through this four-part series, we've got some things from Sunday to Sunday that are going to be the same. And one of the things we're going to talk about today, afresh, is who are we? So, who are we? We are the... We're the church. We're the body of Christ. That's what we're talking about today. None other than the body, the only body, that's ever going to collapse. Who are we? Well, we're the body. And what we're going to see, I want you to turn your Bible, if you would, to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Might be a good chance in the coming weeks you're going to hear a lot about this particular book, the book of Colossians. And so, uh, what we find here, beginning in verse 13, just listen as I read. Colossians chapter 1, beginning verse 13. For he, that is, referring to Jesus, he he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. God's a rescuer. Aren't you glad he rescued you? In whom we have, present tense, redemption. We've been bought with Christ. And forgiveness of sin. Now notice where it starts. This, this uh, description of the incomparable Christ. This one who now... We're going to read in a minute, is the head of the body. Notice he is the image of the invisible God. People, what is God like? He's exactly like you. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, or dominions, or rulers, or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And that's something. You were created by him, you were created for him. For Jesus, the head. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This universe is being held together by the head of the universe. Huh? Now notice, he is also the head of the body. The church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place, or some versions say, preeminence in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. So, there we have it. Christ is the head. Your head directs every other part of your body. That's why he says, they said, open your hands, make a fist, turn it around, wiggle your fingers, do all that. that this, this all came from the head. It all came from the brain. It all came from the thinker. We have a thinker, huh? And we have feelers. Many of us go by our feelers instead of our thinkers. They, they work together, actually. But the one who directs everything is the, the head of the church. 
and we're his body, and we are to work together. Now, put back your, in your Bible a few books to the book of Romans, chapter 12. And we, we want to look just for a few minutes this morning at the whole idea of the body. And uh, we have some directions from the head speaking to the body regarding who we are and so on. Now, look if you would in verse 4 of Romans chapter 12. For in 11 chapters, Paul has explained about our sinfulness and God's marvelous plan to put us in the body. And when he comes to chapter 12, he therefore states, because of all that God has done, his eternal purpose and plan, it seems very reasonable to those of us who are now members of his body to give him everything. So that's why he starts out, he says, therefore, I urge you, brother, in verse 1, by the mercy of God. You are a Christian today, part of the body, because of the mercy of God. Not because of your goodness, your greatness, your goodness, or lack of them. It's because he had mercy in you. So in light of that, present or offer yourself, your body, that's your mind, your will, and emotions, a living and holy sacrifice. That's all you've got to give. That's all he wants from you. Acceptable to God, that's ill-pleasing, which is your spiritual service of worship. It's the least you can do, considering all God's done. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you may know what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Everybody always wants to know what the will of God is. Well, the will of God is found in God's Word. You'll never know unless you give given everything. You never know unless you start thinking his thoughts, which are found here. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more high himself than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now look at this, what it says. For just as we have many members, in how many bodies? One. And all our members do not have the same function. So the first thing Paul says here is we are members. Now, you know that mouths mouth have been known to bite hands. You, you, you do know that. I, I, we had to take our son out of Sunday school when he was a small guy because he was a biter. <laughs> and he would bite some of the other children. So we had to teach him not to bite. But you know, rarely do mouths bite on the same I mean, I hope you don't do that. So, why, why do we sometimes fight and devour one another? It's because we don't recognize that we're members of one body. We like to think of ourselves as individuals. Paul is trying to get across the whole idea that we're members. Don't be biting your the, the hand of the person sitting next to you. They're a member. Christ isn't directing you to do that. He's the head, he's the brain, he's the thinker. We're to be obedient to that. So you need to remember that you're a member. The person sitting next to you, if they're a Christian, they're a member. That's your brother, that's your sister. They're part of the body. They're special. Now, notice what it says. We all, however, 
do not have the same function. Isn't that good? What if we were all guitar players? <laughs> Where would the drummer be? Now we all have a part in the body of Christ. And so, look at what he says here. For we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that, what's the next word? Hello? Differ. They differ. They're not the same. Praise God for that. How do you get the gift? According to the grace given to us, each of us is being exercised with authority. Now, I've been an exercise uh, guy since I was small. I had a knee operation of three and a half, and my knee got about like this. They took me to the middle clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. They said, uh, you got to perform this operation. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Miller, your son will never probably be able to walk or run again. So they took me in, they did exploratory surgery, they filled me back up, I've been running ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we have to exercise. So over the years, I, I like to exercise. I like to run, I like to move around, even though I'm getting old, you know. I still like to do that. It's important to exercise your mind. It's important to exercise your mind. It is very important that you exercise your spiritual gifts or gifts. If you fail to do that, it hurts the body. If all you do is to come and sit on a Sunday morning, so I, neighborhood Bible church, that's my church. Why? What are you doing? You have a function, a very important function. My hand has a function. My ears have a function. Every part of your body has a particular function. God didn't put it there for no reason. Everything works and fits together. Now notice what it says. If prophecy according to proportion of faith, if serving in his serving or birth, or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation. That, by the way, in terms of spiritual gifts, I think, is my main spiritual gift of exhortation. I'm a coach. I've coached basketball for 30 years. I like to exhort. I like to tell my players, guys, it's game time. Huh? You got your shoes on, you got your sneakers on, let's take the court, let's play ball! It's time to play. Every day for us as a Christian, it's time to play ball. We get on the court. We, we, we are together. Huh? I have five guys on the court in basketball at one time. Those five guys got to work together. There's only one ball. They can shoot. There's only how many bodies? There's only one body. We got to work together. Right here, in Albert and Valley, to make Christ known, the unsearchable riches of Jesus. Is he a treasure to you? You have eternal life from him. There's life in no one else. That's why we share it. That's what we do. So, we, we all have gifts. He goes on, he talks about he leaves with diligence, he shows mercy with cheerfulness. And then he gives us some directions. Regarding how we are to work and minister the body. It's kind of like family rules. You got any family rules at home? Hmm. You know, any guidelines, things that you do, they unspoken or, or uh, spoken, verbalized, unverbalized, written down, not written down. There are some things that are just part of your home culture. Now, here, look at what he said. This is how we are to respond one to another in the body. Let love, so we're to love one another. 
be without hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means you say one thing and you do another. If you practice that in your home, you're not going to have a home for very long. You may have a house, but you don't have a home. If your children hear you say, well, do as I say, not as I do. How far is that going to go? It's not going to be happy, happy, harmony for a home. No, not at all. And it's not that way in the body. Let love be without a prophecy. And war with evil. Do we have horror and evil? What our eyes see, what our ears hear, it, it's this evil. Do you really hate it? The church is. The church is to hate it. We are to be in the world, but not of it. There's a big difference. That's the difficulty. That's the tension. But we are to do that. that that's what it says. I'm, I'm just reading what it says. Claim to what is good as a body. Be devoted to one another, brotherly love, give preference to one another, honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing needs to the saints, practicing hospitality. Good, nice. But those are part of the sermon today. But they're household. That's how we're to treat one another. You can go back and read these, and so on. Now, now, we can be the body of Christ, too. Because the last person, they have to do with how you treat other people in the body, but they also have to do with how you conduct your life in the world. How you doing at work? Are you an aroma of Jesus there? In your neighborhood, wherever you go, whatever you do. Notice what it says. Bless those who persecute you. This is what the body of Christ should do. When people persecute us, we should bless them. We should pray for them. We should go the extra mile. Bless! Do not curse. Oh, my boss. You talk about that to your boss to another employee. If you got an issue, go to the boss. Talk to the boss about it. It doesn't do any good to go behind the back. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Give the same mind towards one another. Look at verse 17. Never! What does that mean? <laughs> Under any circumstances, say that evil for evil is pain. Never. Oh, bless. I feel it. Huh? You ever talk behind somebody's back? You have to get to Christmas. It's not a spiritual gift. <laughs> no. No. Do, do not be haughty in spirit. Associate with the lowly, it says in verse 16. Never take your own revenge, verse 19. Leave room for the wrath of God. Vengeance is my I will You know that that's a, that's a God can be saved, and he will. You don't have to. That's a huge you. That's better than the second. You don't have to get even. You really don't. No, leave room for God's wrath. If your enemy is hungry, you got him. Peace. Thirsty? He's hungry. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? For in so doing, he's burning coal upon you. Do not overcome the evil, but overcome evil with good. Good. That's who we are. Now, I've already talked about this. What, what on earth are, are we doing? What are we here for? 
Well, turn to your Bibles for just a moment here. We'll, we'll close in this particular section of Scripture. Um, Matthew chapter 16. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I could, but I won't. And you have to lose time. But uh, what, what are we doing here? I, I shared it at the beginning of the message. We're partnering with the head of the church, the head of the body, the Lord Jesus Christ, in building his body around the world. Because one day, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, there will be people from different tribes and tongues and peoples and nations that are there. And while we're here on earth, we're to partner together to reach them, as I just shared from Ephesians chapter 3, to preach, to make known, to share the unsearchable riches found in Jesus. And so we partner together with Notice, notice what it, what it says there. Verse 18. I say also to you, Peter, upon this rock, that is the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, will not overpower it. And now look at the next thing. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He has given to the church. He gave to Peter on the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up and he preached about the Lord Jesus. And you find that in Acts chapter 2. And 3,000 people believed and the church began. Called the body of Christ. Made up of 3,000 people. They were all baptized. I met Sunday here with you in which I heard they told me that three of you were baptized. It's a public declaration. But I believe in the Lord Jesus. He's the head. I'm now part of the body of Christ. So we've been given keys. I, I, I laid mine down over here, but uh, my keys are over here. They get me in various places. We have the only keys that there are for liberation, for redemption, for life eternal. Jesus is the key. He is the good one. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the resurrection. He's the bread that's come down out of heaven and given life to the world. Huh? He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Everything finds its fulfillment in Him. And we have the privilege of preaching and talking to just the people all the world. This last week I was in And uh, this lady, young woman, attractive woman, comes up. Uh, she's kind of worked at Maggie. You know Maggie, Maggie? Yeah. She's your regional director, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 uh, so she said, can I borrow a chair? And I said, sure, I only cost you a five bucks. Oh, no. So she took it from me. And I said, hey, uh, you know, who are you? I said, quite like that. I mean, small talk. So yeah, you can take my chair.
it comes out as part of body life of time. It stinks. It's putrid. It's selfishness. It's what's left over from the fall. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you so you can function in the body of Christ. You know what? What he's saying to Peter? Peter, you're not the driver's seat. You're not the head of this operation. You're thinking of your own selfish interests. You know what? We're together in this, this thing called the church, the body, making Christ known. That's our goal. That's why we live. That's why we exist. That's why we ought to wake us up in the morning besides Starbucks or peace or whatever your preference happens to be. The fact that we're here, that we preach the unsearchable riches that are found in Jesus. Now, as I close, there are some expectations. Don't have time to get into them, but we've got a ministry coming up here shortly that we might touch on some of this. Notice what he says there. Jesus says to the disciples, he just talked about sin and selfishness. He says, look the cards around, change the price tag, change the value, and here's what he's going to say. He says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must do three things. He must deny himself. That's the, that's the whole thing of, it, of, of abandonment. <coughs> deny himself. Taking up your cross and following. Those are the three things that he mentioned. Deny. Anything play sports? Come on. you got to deny yourself. You can't be an, an, an uh, athlete and indulge. And all kinds of things that doesn't help your physical body. You got to learn to do that. This part of being an athlete, part of being a Christian, it's the very first thing you mentioned. You got to deny yourself. See how it goes against selfish interests? Deny yourself. That's the first thing he does. See their health? No. See their body? Deal. And then that. It's the cross. The cross has to operate in your life every single day. It's when your will intersects with God's will. That's when you pick up your cross. The cross isn't your husband. The cross isn't your wife. It's not those, those unruly kids. It's not those stray teenagers. Those aren't the crosses. Now, it's when you want what you want when you want. It's another way. His way. Not my for Jesus' sake. What? For the body. The head is directing us. Did Jesus ever think of himself? No, I only came to do the body. That was it. And then there's direction. Follow me. The Christian life is following Jesus. It's following the person. It's being in love with him. What do you love? You know, look at your daytimer and your, uh, you know, what do you call this thing? You hold your hands, your palms. Whatever you got, your calendar, he knows you are. He wants us to love him. Perfect. That's That's the word. He's the head. And you know what the church, where the church is headed? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. 
that Jesus Christ is Lord and glory to God. So as a church, we're, we're headed to the seat of Jesus. Those who don't know him, they're headed to the seat of Jesus. And those of us who know him, the church, the body, we're going to fall down. Chris Thomas wrote a song called We Fall Down. He went to Boca once. And there he sang that song as, as the, the people of Boca put their language translated from the words that Chris Thomas wrote. Some of you are free. Go something like this, I'm not a thing. But uh Rio Bama Rayoba Namsa Ojesu Lolorato Lolo Namsa Ojesu Thank you. 